Hi, I'm Lee Neese, and this is Pixels, a Harbor City Photography Club podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This podcast is a series of discussions focusing on basic concepts in photography. It's aimed at our club members and newer photographers. Most of the time, we'll dip a toe in the shallow end to give some perspective on a given topic. Sometimes, we'll showcase a club member or a guest, and occasionally, we'll offer a review. I hope it will always be interesting and informative for you, the listener. It's April 2022, and this is Pixels episode number four, The Exposure Triangle. I'd like to remind you about something that Judy Hancock-Holland said in our March interview episode. As a way to get photographers started on improving their composition, she asks her students to put the camera in full automatic mode. There's nothing wrong with full auto mode. When you're ready, the elements of exposure will be waiting. Before we look at the three elements of the exposure triangle, we need to first understand what we mean by a stop of light. A stop means that we are either having or doubling the amount of light available to the sensor. Anytime you adjust the aperture, the shutter speed, or the ISO, you are increasing or doubling or decreasing having the amount of light. Yes, there are half stops and third stops, but let's stick with baby steps, people. For our purposes today, we're dealing with full stops of light. Now, let's look in no particular order at each of the three parameters involved in the exposure triangle. Shutter speed refers to the speed at which the shutter opens and closes, exposing the sensor to light. It is typically measured in fractions of a second, like 1 125th of a second or 1 250th of a second. But long exposures can go on for seconds or even minutes. If the shutter speed is fast enough, say 1 1,000th of a second, it can freeze action. When looking at your settings, a lower number is a slower shutter speed. It moves more slowly, exposing the sensor to more light. A higher number is a faster shutter speed, which moves faster and exposes the sensor to less light. In full stops from slow to fast, your shutter settings are one second, half a second, quarter second, eighth of a second, 15th of a second, 30th of a second, 60th of a second, 125th of a second, 250th of a second, 500th of a second, 1,000th of a second. Most modern cameras have settings that are slower and faster than these ones, but they're pretty basic. The second parameter is aperture. An aperture is an opening in your lens that exposes the sensor to light. Unlike shutter speed, aperture numbers have an inverse or opposite relationship, which means that the lower the aperture number, the bigger the opening, and the more light reaches the sensor, while the higher the aperture number, the smaller the opening, and the less light reaches the sensor. A little trick I used to use to remember this, and this might work for you if you're having trouble remembering, is lower, more, higher, less. It worked for me, it might work for you. 
Another thing about aperture is that it not only impacts the amount of light that hits the sensor, but it also has an impact on how much of the frame is in focus, something called depth of field. A bigger aperture number, like f2, allows more light to hit the sensor, but it also has a shallower depth of field, which means fewer things are in focus. This concept becomes critical when shooting something like macro photography. Finally, full stops of light from the least amount of light to the most amount of light are f32, f22, f16, f11, f8, f5.6, f4, f2.8, f2, f1.4. Again, some lenses have more settings than this. Most lenses, however, have fewer settings than this. And some lenses certainly won't go down to f1.4 or even f2.8. Kind of f4 to f22 is the most common range. The last parameter in the exposure triangle is ISO, which is your camera's relative sensitivity to light. A lower ISO number is less sensitive to light, but it produces a cleaner digital image. A higher ISO number is more sensitive to light, but often produces what's called digital noise, kind of like film grain. This means that outside on a bright sunny day, you might use ISO 100, but indoors in a room lit with birthday cake candles, you might need ISO 6400 or even higher. Most camera manufacturers have a base ISO. My Fujis, for example, have a base ISO of 160. But I seem to recall that my Canon 7D had a base ISO of 100. Your camera guide will tell you what your make and model number's base ISO is. Most modern cameras have pretty decent ISO performance up to 6400. After that, it depends on many factors. Something you could experiment with is taking a series of photos in exactly the same lighting and start with your base ISO and increase the ISO with each picture you take. When you look back at the photos, decide where you think the photos start getting grainy or noisy to your eye and note the ISO. That's probably the highest ISO you want to comfortably use with that camera. In full stops of light, from least sensitive to most sensitive, your ISO settings are 100, 200, 400, 800, 1600, 3200, and 6400. This one's a little easier to remember, I think. Again, most cameras will have more options than these ones, but they're the basics. Okay, so now we have some understanding about the three factors involved, but how do they work together to achieve an optimum exposure? For any correct exposure, there are hundreds of combinations we could use to achieve it. The combination we choose depends on what we envision as a photographer. Do we want a shallow depth of field or do we want everything from the front to the back to be in focus? Do we want to freeze motion or is motion blur acceptable or even desirable? Is the light sufficient to use ISO 100, or do we need to increase the sensitivity because we're working in a low light situation? Let's consider an example. Your camera is telling you that a correct exposure is 
ISO 100, shutter speed 1 125th of a second, and aperture of f5.6. But as a photographer, you decide that you would like a greater depth of field. You want more things in focus, so you'd like to use f8. How are you going to compensate? If we know that f8 is one stop of light less than f5.6, then we need to allow one more stop of light in to compensate for this change. Now, we could choose to increase the ISO to 200, one stop more than 100, or we could lower the shutter speed from 1 25th of a second to 60th of a second, which is one stop slower, and therefore lets in one stop more of light. If you change one of the variables in the exposure triangle, you must adjust one or both of the others to compensate and achieve the same exposure level. Now that your brain is probably on fire and your head is in danger of exploding, let's come full circle. Remember what I said at the beginning. There is nothing wrong with auto mode. There is nothing wrong with auto mode. Repeat this mantra to yourself. After a decade or so of taking photos, I think I have a reasonably good handle on the concept of the exposure triangle. But I couldn't have said that five or six years ago. It's okay if all or some of this was confusing. Here's a thought, a plan of attack maybe, but it's certainly not the only one. Start your journey on auto mode until the photos you make are pleasing to you and you feel confident about your composition skills. Considering what type of photography you enjoy, then choose one of the exposure parameters and focus on that one parameter. If you love shooting action photos, it might be shutter speed that's important to you, and you might be interested in the shutter priority mode on your camera. If you like shooting landscapes, you might want to focus on aperture and aperture priority mode on your camera. If that's all you take, are those kinds of photos, you might rarely have to change your camera settings. I hope that this month's podcast has helped you understand the exposure triangle a little bit more and has not further confused you. But I want to come back to something I said in an earlier episode. At the end of all this, the key here is to experiment, to play, and to have fun. Go have fun, and I'll see you next month. You've been listening to Pixels, a podcast brought to you by the Harbor City Photography Club, located in beautiful Nanaimo, British Columbia. The show is researched, written, produced, edited, and hosted by Lee Nice. This has been a Neesley Dunn podcast production.